Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 39, the 80s comedy draft. I don't know where I'm going. Hello, welcome to my fanboy media split episode 39, the 80s comedy draft. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with my co-host Josh Flanagan. Hey there. And Ron Richards. Hey, fellas. And we are here because of the patrons over at patreon.com slash ifanboy who unlocked this show, even though we don't unlock shows anymore. Yeah, but it's a legacy unlock. This is the last episode of Media Explode. No. This means that you have to do it for the rest of your life. <laughs> Which is the thing that Connor and I have accepted. We're not happy with it, but there's, there's, not, there's literally nothing we can do about it. It is what it is. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're doing it in front of a live studio audience, by the way. Only Connor is allowed to operate the buttons. I, I, I didn't think that would happen when I pressed the button, but it did. Oh. I just learned something about it. Does Ron have access to the buttons? No. I do not. I do okay. not. Well, I, it, it, has been, it has been It has been. walled off. A little, a little that preview is, for what's going to happen in this episode. That's my so, preference. Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, the patrons locked the show. Thank you very much. This is our monthly show. We talk about non-comics media. Unlike our Pick of the Week show, we talk about new comic books. And I don't, I don't think there'll be any spoilers for the show, but you never know. Use the show notes. Let's get going. We've got a lot to do. We've got a game to play. And let's start off by how we always start the show, what we've been enjoying since we last spoke. Jo- uh, Ron, you're going first, not Josh. So, yes, I'm going first in terms of what I've been watching, what I've been enjoying. And I got to admit, Connor, I don't know. I, th- I can't remember if we talked about it in previous shows or not, but I'm closer to finishing the second season of Strange New Worlds on Paramount+. Plus. Mm. And I don't know if you're watching it or have watched it at all, but it might be the best modern Star Trek show like better than Picard. People love it. I haven't seen it. It is so good. And it's so funny is that I didn't watch the first season because I dismissed it because like discovery ended and it season one of strange new world started like immediately after discovery. And like, my wife was like, I need a star Trek break. We've been watching a lot of star Trek. Like that's fair. And we never circled back to it. And I was just like, eh, it's like the pre, the original series, you know, Pike Enterprise, mm-hmm. like I roll, you know, like whatever. And then finally we hit a lull of things to watch. So we're like, all right, let's, you know, let's give it a shot. And like I said, we're almost done with season two. My wife, more than anybody, is just like, let's watch it again. Let's watch another one. Let's watch another one. Like it is, it, once I got over the fact that, it's almost as if they, you know, if they made the Enterprise now, like you right. can't, you can't expect it to look like the original series, right? Like so, like so, yes, it looks mo- more modern or whatever because it's being made now and now sensibility, and the fact that there are characters that have been cast as younger versions of themselves of characters that we know, but they're not doing impressions or not trying to, you know, like they're, they're making them their own. And it's, I've really turned a corner and we talked about this a lot about like, how do you like what star, we talked about with Star Wars, right? Like, how do you, can you recast Luke or can you do right. whatever? And we're like, no, you can't. But in Star Trek, 
I'm now convinced you can because what they've done is they've made and I'm saying it because by the time this airs, I'll be done with I'll be done with the second season. They've made two seasons of not only fantastic science fiction, but like threaded the needle on leveraging the history of Star Trek and the Star Trek, the original series and not even fan service or prequel explaining shit, but just adding more context to some of the stories that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Like the, the best example is, is that if you're a Star Trek fan, you know the history that they shot an original pilot where Captain Pike was the captain that didn't get picked up. Then they recast them with Chatner that got picked up. And then later in the run, they did a two part episode where they used the footage from the original unaired pilot. Yep. Right. We know that as fact. There's an ep- and not and this is a spoiler or whatever, but this isn't spoiling too much. There was an episode in Strange New Worlds that explained in that original unaired pilot, like Spock had a limp and somebody was bandaged and they like they had come off of a really bad mission. Mm-hmm. And they did an episode that gave you the backstory to understand what that mission was before the first pilot. Right. Like, so they're, they're finding little nooks and crannies of Star Trek history to fill in the gaps and like tell and expand the story and expand the mythology. And they're doing it in such a classy, like not offensive, not overly fan service kind of way that I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Honestly, it's like, and, and like I, I, right now of the modern Star Treks, I put it at the top of the list. Well, people love it. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, if I could recommend you to to check it out, Connor, I would strongly recommend. I it. mean, I can't because they claim it's in the same continuity as the original shows, and that's laughable. So I can't. I can't support that. No, it's not laughable. Give it a shot. Trust me. It's give laughable. it a shot. No, give give it a shot. I can't. I, you're, you're missing out. It's, I'm telling you, this is another one of Connor's ridiculous rules. Right. And you have them too. And I'm sure True, I know, which I which I understand. But what I'm saying is that like I fought through the initial kind of like of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times, Connor, I finish an episode, then immediately jump to the original series to like, oh, what was that episode? What happened there? Like to kind of connect the dots. It's like fun. Didn't you? I mean, didn't weren't you convinced that you could recast it after the films? The like the the oh the yeah, once last- they did it on the yeah after the films. I mean, I mean, once they recast them with with um, Chris Pine was amazing. It yeah, exactly. But that, Carl but, Urban. Oh no, but what's what's the difference is here? And you're right. I love Carl Urban. He's amazing. The difference here was that that is a different timeline. I see. Right. The Kelvin timeline. That's the Kelvin timeline. This is in continuity. This is in continuity with okay. the, with the original series, right? And honestly, it is working. Yeah. So what the hell? Yeah. That sounds like me when, uh, like, during the first episode of The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, "Fine, I'll watch this." Yeah. Look at that little guy. You know, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, like, it was done. It was. It's done with such with with reverence and like not pandering. Right, which is right. what you want out of it, right? You know, like and by no, like, and there hasn't been a single bad episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you finish the season? I'm three away from finishing the second season. Did you watch the animated crossover? We just saw that, and they even pulled that off. Mm. Like that was done really well. They did a the, Josh. There's an animated Star Trek series called Lower Decks that's done in the Rick and Morty yeah, style yeah, yeah, by the yeah, Rick yeah. and Morty guy. They did a crossover with that show. Mm. Where the where two characters from that show go through a time portal, go back in time, and end up in strange new worlds, and it 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 worked, and it totally worked. Are they made into human folk? Or yeah, yeah, they're made. Yeah, it's so the it, actors who do the voices on oh, the yeah. cartoon, yeah, including uh, Jack Quaid from The Boys, also Dennis Quaid's son. He's everywhere. By grab yeah. Thor's hammer. Yeah, um, yeah. So strange new worlds. I just I strongly recommend. It. Like really, like I was reluctant. It has paid off in ways that I didn't even think it could. That's yeah. great. His mortgage yeah. rate was lowered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for laughing at that. I, I've decided that the two things that I will talk about here will both be brief, but they are also both things that Connor has already talked about. But I caught, it took took a while to catch up. I, after like a long time of starting and stopping, I finished uh, the latest season of The Crown, uh, which is a show that I don't think I like. And then I watch it for a little while and I don't like it. And then by about halfway through the season, I'm like, I got to get to the next one. The last season was, you know, Princess Diana and, and Charles. This is the most recent one, up. though, Diana yeah. season. Yeah. Right. And this, I guess there's another one coming out. That was supposed to be yep. the last one. I think it's the final one, yes. I think I was I was maybe most impressed by Dominic West, who I do not listen. He's in one of my favorite TV shows of all time in The Wire. I don't think he's a great actor. I never quite lose the fact that he's Dominic West, but I did in this. Fully. And what's really interesting about the show is that every season, these characters who we know in real life very well are played by different actors. And you would think it would be more jarring than it is, but um, it isn't. It's actually it's it's really interesting. But I thought, you know, the, the stuff around the how they portrayed him during the scandals and through the divorce and everything. And like he's a little petulant, but he also kind of makes a lot of sense. It 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 both showed, I think, something that was sort of realistic and, and then also sort of sympathetic. I was very fascinated that. Maybe Connor, maybe you know this, but like, so Martin Bashir's a uh, horrible. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, he had a horrible reputation. Yeah. Wow. Good thing he got to be on ABC News for a while. That's good for us. <laughs> we don't care. You know, I thought it was fair and interesting. Well, I have no idea what it actually has to do with reality, but I feel like in in that case of that show, it would behoove them very much to be as close to reality as possible. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Any any show is sure. fictionalized, and it, you just kind of have to take the broad strokes or but the like themes. with the offer. Like you can sort of say, I can see why you would exaggerate in here. It would make sense. It sort of fits right. with the legend of the thing. But yeah, I, I I sort of plowed through it right at the end, leaving Jack Ryan in its dust. I just was like, uh, you know I, what? I forgot about that show. I yeah, mean, just the other day when I was watching something else on Prime, I saw it in the continue watching queue, and I went, oh right, that show. I liked the last season, the prior. I season, loved the first two I, seasons. This season, I just not cared about it at all. I just forgot. Yeah, about I could. I don't even remember what it was. It, it, um, it just. Wasn't working. Could not tell you what happened to the first couple episodes. So the other thing that I am actually, I'm actually somewhat smitten with right now is um, 1883 Paramount mm. Plus. My my phone provide my my mobile phone provider decided to give me a year of it for nothing, and I said okay, and it's which is how we watched the offer. And uh, I, I start watching it, and I've I've never watched Yellowstone. Actually, no, I think I watched one or two episodes of Yellowstone, but yeah, we don't need to have watched it. Yeah, never exactly. And and it's really interesting because the show. They have a Jennifer Lawrence clone, young Jennifer Lawrence, uh, <laughs> their main a- uh, actress, who's actually really good and interesting. She's good in it. But the the thing is that there's moments where I kind of look at it and I'm like, this is like a central casting Western. It's one of the, we talked about this on our, our, our comic book show, is that sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel and they're just leaning into like a Western. Like they have Sam Elliott as a main character. Like right there. He's you're so going, good in it. He is, but he's always Sam Elliott. He does yeah. that. Like, is this what he does? I, I got to wonder sometimes, like, does he get on a Western and say, like, oh, shit, this again? You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> but you've got to think that. As he's cashing the check. Right. No, exactly. Like, he's like, I'll grow the mustache out. Actually, here to learn his lesson after appearing without a mustache on Justified. He really wants to do a dystopian post-apocalyptic future show. That's yeah, the Yeah, but thing. he would and still they, sound, it would be like, what's that cowboy <laughs> doing there? So, uh, you know, and, and, uh. It's hard for me to think about anything that's super stand out about it. Tim McGraw is amazing. Yeah, he's really good at it. He's really good. I just watched the episode where 
it's starting to get violent and kind of scary. And so basically, uh, well, it hit the Oregon Trail, so it's going to get better. Right. Oh, there's, all these, there's all these uh, German, German settlers, right? And and there's uh, they get attacked. And so they go back into town to sort of talk to the sheriff or whoever, and they're going to make them pay. And the sheriff is played by Billy Bob Thornton. So we got a little tombstone reunion there, by the way. Yeah. And I was kind of watching, and it doesn't look like him because he's got like a pointy, and his his weight always fluctuates. He's yeah. pretty much always skinny now, but he kind of, it took me a second and I thought I heard his voice, but didn't. And then he said something really loud and impactful to somebody. I was like, that's Billy Bob. Cause like everyone's really like, oh, I see why he's an excellent actor. Like he can just turn it on like that. And then that scene that follows in the saloon where just a bunch of people are shot. I was like, this is so compelling. <laughs> and and there's a, there's a creepy guy who's a cowboy who reminds me of Ben Foster, but isn't Ben Foster. And he wants to date the girl and. Uh, it's super fun. I, I like. I guess you have to be Taylor Sheridan and be very, very successful to get away with this. It was a little while where we were getting a lot of Western shows where there yeah. was a time of um, what was that one with Scoot McNeary and and um, oh, the black and white one, right? No, no, no. What was um, the one on Netflix? It was on Netflix, and the girl. Oh yeah, Eddie you're talking about Netflix. And, um, one, Netflix yeah. the, the Netflix, the Western. Godless, I think Godless. it was called. Yeah. Godless, yeah. It was yeah. that? There was a couple. There was that the one that. Well, speaking of Star Trek: Stranger Worlds, the one that Pike starred in, Hell on Wheels, one AMC mm-hmm. was excellent. I think I started that a couple times and then didn't. It changed dramatically after the second season. They changed the ah. whole premise. They changed everything. Okay. Because I think I remember thinking, this looks great. And I tried to watch it. And I was like, it's not getting me at all. It was like the it Washington, changed totally. It was like the One turn show, Washington yeah. Spies. I was like, this should be perfect for me. And I was like, I cannot get into it. And it sucked. But I'm enjoying those two shows a lot. Keep watching that and then continue with 1923 after that because okay. it's still just a Western boat with Harrison Ford and Helen yeah. Mirren. It's funny because like at this point, I've been playing through Red Dead Redemption and then I read Dead Redemption 2 again. And it's like the same time frame and setting. And I was like, ooh, it's just the game. It's better than that. I'm going to not spend a lot of time because we do have a lot to talk about in the next segment. But I'm just going to mention that right now there's like a ton of things on that I'm watching. A lot of shows have come back. I mentioned Minx last time. That season's Oh, I meant to tell you, Connor, we just, we just started watching season one. We're like three in. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really good. Justified City Primeval is almost over. Talked about that last time. The final season of Reservation Dogs is about a third of the way through. Really enjoying that. Only Murders in the Building is back, season three. Yep. Enjoying that. Heels is back on Stars, the wrestling show. Stephen Amell, really enjoying that. The final season of Billions is back on Showtime with Damian Lewis returning to the show after being gone for a season. Really enjoying that. Winning Time, season two is back. Loving that. that yep. Yeah, been enjoying that and continue to surprise at how much of a jerk Magic Johnson is or was. <laughs> That's the one show that when it you got now I've at least started to expect it ending, but I don't want it to. I'm like, oh no, yeah. it's the end of the episode. Right. And I was like, oh, they're gonna cut to black, and it's gonna be so annoying. I do got to say, I was I was like somewhat moaning going into the third episode because like I, I like. I don't watch the third one yet. Doctor Jerry Buss. Yeah. Oh, actor's name. Why am I blanking? John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Like I like John C. Riley in the first scene, and so far the first two episodes, it's like him like meeting the girl and i was like i want to get back to the business stuff and the third episode gets back to the business stuff and i was like all right that's what i want so it was was one point i think in the second episode where he delivered a line and all and i heard john c Riley. like he's very good there was one his voice broke yeah yep and i and i I was like and i and i like literally like was like wait a minute i just heard john c Riley. and i was like yeah he's on this show (laughs) (laughs) i also wanted to mention that while when this show airs or the final episode of Riverdale will have aired and God bless this fucking loony show. It's, it's probably the end of an era. It's the end of the CW era. Yep. Uh, the final season of this show has been all set in the 1950s. 
as the original comic was. I've been loving every minute of it. They finally had the moment where they realized they're in the 50s, but they choose to stay there. This show, it would take an entire episode of this to just walk through every bonkers thing that's happened on the show. But there are several articles online. If you want to search Riverdale's craziest moments, you'll find them. It is the craziest thing that the CW has ever aired, and I really enjoyed it. The final season, I've been waiting my entire life for this final season. I've, I've been an Archie reader since I was a little tiny kid. I, you know, At the supermarket, I'd buy our double jive desk. You've just been waiting for this moment, huh? I've been waiting for this season because I, as a kid, I was like, oh, man, I love an Archie TV show. And then they did that, that terrible Archie movie in the 90s that was a backdoor pilot that nobody picked up because it was awful. Even as a 13-year-old, I knew that. I love that at 13, you're tracking backdoor pilots. Yeah. I, I, I used to track <laughs> ratings in 13. I believe it. Did you have a, did you have a, did you have a notebook of a, with grid and you made it on, a spreadsheet? I had it on I had it on graph paper because <laughs> the Daily News used to publish the ratings every yeah, week. No, yeah, I remember. Yeah, all the newspapers did, which is crazy. Also, like, yeah, like that. I used oh, to track my favorite shows' ratings to see what was going to get canceled and what was not. <laughs> it was a show that you liked that had low ratings. I'm would like, you? Still, oh, man. Would you watch it and try to get other people to watch it? Or I'm nothing I could do. I didn't. Have I'll, ne- I'll never forget one in high school. One of my friends' house was doing Nielsen's, like not the box, but like where you write down what you watch yeah, and mail it book. in. Yeah. And me and my friend sat there and took their book and wrote in like Kids in the Hall, Twin Peaks. <laughs> like we wrote in all of our shows because we like we wanted to like somewhat influence it. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, it's finally the they're finally running around jalopies and Chuckheads wearing the crown. And I'm, this is the show I've wanted my whole life. And I'm fine with just having one season of it. That's okay. All right. Let these people out of Riverdale jail. They're all probably in their 30s now playing teenagers and I'm enjoying it. Anyway, let's move on to the game. Ding, Josh, ding, ding. Tell us it about the game. Is uh. time. For the 80s comedy draft. <laughs> it's like a bad radio show. Josh, you got to explain how we got here, though. Well, I was the going 80s comedy to, draft. Yeah, but yeah. then the... The audience was so excited for it. Josh. The sound effect cut me off, and I completely lost where I was. Okay, so this is the deal. I don't remember if we teased this or not, but our thought was... We didn't, because we made it up this morning. Okay, so here goes... No, 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 that not that part. Oh. You're going to have to let me get through this for a couple of seconds before All you right. tell me I did it wrong. It's okay. going to take a little time. So at some point, we had decided we were going to do a show. And I'm just going to tell you, this is how we failed and didn't prepare. It's busy time. We said we're going to do a show on uh, on like summer 80s movies, like uh, like Summer School or uh, others that I can't remember. One Crazy Summer. One, one Crazy, crazy summer. summer. There you yeah. go. These types of movies. We were going to pick one and watch it. We would do an old men on movies segment like that. And then this morning, uh, Ron said, was I supposed to watch something? And I said, is there a show tonight? And <laughs> we're pulling I mean, back the curtain, everybody. <laughs> Connor, you, you didn't watch anything either, right? I didn't think it was an old man and old movie segment. I thought it was, we were just discussing the genre. I see. Had you prepared? So I watched Summer School about a month ago. Okay. Not for the Not show, for, just right. coincidentally. Just, I mean, just as you do every summer, right? Right, yeah. right, right. right. Yeah. I was flipping around the TV. It had just started on HBO, and I, I figured, oh, what the hell? And I ended up watching the entire thing. Mr. Shoop. No, it's shoot. Wait, I can't do it now. Um, <laughs> I just I did it very wrong. Connor has a calendar that he's been curating since he was a child, and every date has a movie or two associated with it that right. should be watched on that date. Sure. Yeah, it's on. It's on. It's on grid paper. We went back and yeah. forth. I said, "Hey, when we did that TV draft, that was fun. When we programmed a Saturday night or Friday, whatever, we programmed a week of network television primetime." And I said, "Let's do. Let's do a, a summer movies draft." And then I quickly thought, "I don't think there's enough of those that we could do that." And I said, "Well, what about '80s comedy drafts?" And there was much going back and forth. And so here's how I want you to imagine it: uh, we are each going to pick our top five. 80s comedy movies. And this well, we're going to draft five. It's not going to be our top five because obviously some of mine are going to go to you guys. But we can only pick it one time. So there's a draft situation. So you get what's left. Yep. The, the rules are 
ever changing. And they are that it has to be have been released between the beginning of 1980 and the end of 1989. It has to be. And this is fuzzy. But you're going to work with it. It has to be a pure comedy. It yes. cannot be. So, so example uh, would be Back to the Future. Beloved, funny movie right in the middle of our timeline. Very good. But also there's other elements. It's a sci-fi. It's a drama. It can't be a movie that happens to be funny, but is really an action movie like yes. Beverly Hills Cop. And part of it is that this is a dying genre. Yeah. You know, you know, there was a time yeah. when comedies ruled the roost. Yeah, exactly. And like and we we were we were very lucky to grow up in an age of both <laughs> comedies dominating the box office for years and then the introduction of the home video rental market. You know, even pre-cable, like for mm-hmm. me, a lot of these are like, I was trying to remember, I'm like, what movies in the 80s did I just rent all the time right. and watch and stuff like that? Or I had them like copied right. and just watched my, you know, with the ads in the middle. You know, my approach to this is was trying to think of like the movies that I loved in this time period that were strictly comedies that, you know, like, and, and not so, but like, like, for example, like I eliminated myself, like. Blues Brothers and Spinal Tap because while they came out in the eighties, I didn't appreciate those till I was much older, right? So like I took a I took kind of a timeless Wow, you're adding your own twist to your I'm own. Tra- yeah, I'm taking I'm taking like I'm taking a timeless approach where like I was exposed to them in this time period, I enjoyed them and still continue to enjoy them. Okay. Everybody can have their own rules about what that is. However, sure. there is another element to this game. The things I just told you that are about pure comedies, or in fact, some classics that are just too obvious to have to deal with. So if you're talking about a Ghostbusters. I think also it's not a pure comedy. That's fair. But either way, it, it's, it's you know, it's kind of obvious, Yeah, right. I think, in a way. And so if someone is, I'm so scared about what's going to happen. If someone don't says save one of the, it. Don't, don't do it, by the movies way. for their pick, yeah. then, then one of the other two can challenge. Yeah. I said don't do it. We wanted to wait till context. Oh, man, <laughs> blew it. That's uh. actually not the... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be right. <laughs> and then the other person can vote to uh, reject the challenge or to ratify it. In which it case, takes person, two to reject. How many to reject? It takes two. Yeah, it takes two. Yeah, the right, other person yeah. has to agree. If the other person yeah. doesn't agree, then the then the movie is and, and also none of this like teaming up on the other one or just like the whole point. Like this is we we this is totally true. Only a person yep. who would want to team up to defeat somebody would say that. Right. No, no. I'm just saying. Natural inclination. His first reaction. (laughs) I'm just saying purity of cinema here. That's all we're looking for. Okay. So so we have to decide the draft order. It's a snake draft, meaning one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one. We have to decide who's one, who's two, and who's three. I think given that Josh explained it in this whole thing, I allow him to choose whether he wants to be first or last. Then we go from there. I'm going to be first. All right. So he wants first pick. All right. So Josh is one. All right. So my first. Whoa, so whoa, hang whoa. on, we got to figure out the rest, the rest of, of us. So Josh, now pick when you want me to go, second or third. You can go next, and Connor. Okay, so then Connor, you're third. But that means Connor gets to pick third and fourth. Yeah, Connor has to find and replace. Don't do each one manually. He's working on the spreadsheet, which is, wow, has he ever, he has. He's worked on a spreadsheet while we were doing the show before. Actually, I bet he's worked on the spreadsheet lots of time when we were doing the show. We just didn't know it. I just did for fun. I get bored while you're talking. All right. So we're ready to go in the draft order. Uh-huh. So Josh is going to get the first pick in the 80s movie comedy draft. Okay. And so uh, my first it, nomination guys. is going to be One Crazy Summer. Whoa. There it is. That's the first pick in the draft. That's crazy. Wow. Just like that summer was. I suspect <laughs> I suspect that we will actually have quite divergent lists, although I think your lists will be more similar to each other's than mine. Uh, one Crazy Summer is, you know, that 
that was one of those first ones that I, I first of all I was all about movie comedies. I maybe we all were in different ways or whatever, sure. but like I wanted to be made to laugh. I wanted to see, you know like the, the comedies back then were were kind of risky. Like it's so funny with so many oh, of these. They wouldn't fly today. They would not fly today. Oh, so many of them. We could no. get stuck on that for a while. And there are things that are worth saying and things that aren't. But also like there's a lot of them like I saw boobs in that one for the first time. And, sure. and I know that like like that's a pretty formative thing for uh for boys in the 80s. It just is. Yeah. Uh, one crazy summer though. Savage Steve Holland, I had never seen a movie with this kind of sense of humor at that point. And it, you know, like I loved Bobcat Goldthwait because everybody did it at the time. I still do for, for different reasons. But that's John Cusack. He was on a run of those yeah. kind of films. He did so many great movies yeah. in the 80s. It's insane. 1986. It's a tight one hour, 29 minutes. Like, talk wow. about perfect. Oh, man. But it's just yeah. like, it's set piece after set piece. It's yeah. genuinely funny. But like they have so i didn't understand i saw that there were people from other things so there was jesus uh armstrong curtis armstrong uh who many people know is is booger from revenge of the nerds uh he's in this named akak i didn't know what that meant then i do now (laughs) (laughs) and his dad was a was a vietnam vet because all things in the 80s were people working out vietnam shit and he's gathering landmines on the beach that's the first. Now that doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand it i didn't know what it meant doesn't matter doesn't no it doesn't everything it was it was a crazy summer was that the one where he's an artist? Yes, and, yes, and so, yeah, he Savage used to do the little animations because yes, yeah, yeah, because an Holland was uh, Savage Steve Holland. Josh did all. I mean, Connor did all the, uh, the whammy animations. animations from Pressure Lock. Uh, yeah. Demi Moore, Joel Murray. Yeah, I yeah. also like if you look up Savage Steve Holland in Wikipedia, it says he is sixty or sixty-two because he was born in nineteen fifty-nine or nineteen sixty. Which I inspired that level of confusion in my Wikipedia. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't do half an hour in each movie, so we've got to move on. Okay, yeah. that's my first. Uh, Ron, great, I mean, first. Those Savage Steve Holland movies, by the way, Better Off Dead, One yes. Crazy Summer, like those. Those, those are the two. Oh, God. that was. you going to name more? There are more. I will say there was su- there aren't more. Well, there are more movies, but those are the two that, I, that really are did. There? That 85, 86, 1, 2 combo. In high school, fantastic first date, watch a movie in the basement at one of your houses, uh, picks. So right. well, see, my thing would yeah. be that that Better Off Dead. I also saw after that, but I don't think I appreciated that as much until later. Oh God! Like, if you so watch it yeah. now, it is brilliant. Yeah, that's a better, so better good. off dead. Well, hold on, it could be chosen later. Yeah, it, it could, could be. be. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm it, talking it, about for me. That's yeah. why this wasn't my first pick. Yeah, but Savage Steve Holland moved on to a lot of TV directing. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, all right. So for my first Bang pick, I'm going to take the one that inspired the song. I'm going to take Summer School. Good pick. Classic. Wow. Cla- I mean, Mark Harmon as the as uh, as Mr. Shoop, the summer school teacher that doesn't want to be there with the ragtag misfits who need to pass a test by the end of the summer, and they all none of them can relate to one another, and they all find a way to coexist, and they all pass the. And it's not so much it's not so much that whether they passed or failed the test. Because he got a 23, and now he got a 52. <laughs> they right? learned. Like, they they, they learned. They got the improvement, right? And and he showed that you could really believe in students, and it really was inspiring. Chainsaw, one of the students, fantastic. The guy who went to the bathroom on the first day, then came back on the day of the test. He scored 92. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Summer School is the perfect movie. It encapsulates a lot of the themes of the era. It has the mm-hmm. ragtag group of kids. It has the authority figure who doesn't want to be there but learns to love the kids. You know, it has yep. romance. It has all the different sort of things. Uh, it has like snarky teenagers who are smarter than the adults. Like it has all the stuff that yep. you looked for back then. It's it's a little perfect kind of movie. Yeah, really, really Kirstie good. Alley. Kirstie, uh, what Courtney Thorne Smith as the as the uh, pregnant uh, teen, uh, the not the not present surfer chick. 
Um, right? Just yeah. one's the ways, man. Yeah, exactly. She's not a pregnant teen. The other one's the pregnant teen. No, the, pregnant chick, the other one's the pregnant chick, yeah. Doesn't Shoop live, like, on the beach in yes. Venice on a teacher's yes. salary? Yes. Yeah, no, listen. A different time. He's selling drugs. We know yeah. in, in, the, in the 80s, Venice was a very dangerous neighborhood, so it makes yeah. sense that he yeah. could afford it. It was a different time in 1987. Mm-hmm. By the way, Summer School was directed by Carl Reiner. Yes, I didn't huh? know that. Yeah. He's in it. He's the yeah. teacher who's supposed to be the, the summer school teacher and quits. Yeah, Mr. Deodorian. Yeah. Music by Danny Elfman and a running time of 98 minutes. Okay. Like, this is, they don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> it's like, it's so we got, good. We got to move. We got to move. I feel an incredible amount of pressure with the, my first pick because there's right. so many. I'm just looking at my list here. There's so many different choices here, but I, I think I have to go with Trading Places. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, that comedy. was one of the ones we owned on VHS. I'm not objecting this, by the way. Not a classic to uh, be eliminated, but classic film. I, uh, I actually saw that on the list earlier. I said Connor's going to pick that one. Well, it's was, it was one of the ones, you know, as a kid, we had probably like 25 VHSs, either stuff that we bought or stuff we recorded off of TV. Same. Like that one weekend of the year where HBO was free, we would just record like as much yep. as we possibly could. And this is one of those. I probably watched this movie 250 times. Yep. You know, in the course of my lifetime, I own the Blu-ray. I introduced it to my wife and her sister a couple of years ago. They'd never seen it. They loved it. I have to have an Eddie Murphy movie on the list. Yeah. I think he has to be number one on my list because he was such an important figure in my childhood TV movie And that explains watching. so much. You know, people who are not our age don't understand how big of a star he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. At that time. Yeah. And uh, how funny he was. I think he's like something stupid, like 19 in this movie. Something crazy. Oh, he know. was famous and early and and yep. successful early and this is also like the last gasp of skinny dan Aykroyd, who's funny and who's hilarious in it very early jamie lee curtis there are also boobs in this movie which is important in the you didn't have to comedy. say as soon as you said her name i was like there's boobs in that <laughs> my wife is continually like disgusted in the maze but i can be like there's boobs in that anything before like 1990 i remember it was Slightly an important consideration that. when you were at the video store on a Friday night while you were yeah. going to rent. So that's what I'm going to go with. And honestly, it took me until the last couple of years where I really dove deep on the internet to figure out what the ending meant. But I think I finally understand short selling. All right. <laughs> I think about it all the time and whether I know what it is or not. And it's I feel like I get close sometimes. But All right. So I'm going with my next pick since I have two in a row with Ferris Bueller. Too much of a classic? I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. Yeah. It's it's almost the seminal 80s. Yeah. You know. It's seminal. Like, it's 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 re- it's teetering on the edge, right? Like it's, it, it's it is it is seminal like yeah. slacker. Is the it, kids too smart for the adults, right. you know, comedy. I assume that uh, like uh, if people who are slightly uh younger than us. I don't know. I don't know at what point, but like they do not have it referenced in their head constantly. Yeah, right. Like we because do. Because I yeah. do. Yeah. It's not even like a favorite movie of mine. It's not something that I watched a thousand. I watched it many times, b- but like it is always in my every single time I watch Succession. Yep. Every time I hear Dunkashane. Yeah. I mean, what, what I think is interesting is like part you hear of Dunkashane a lot. Par, par, well, sometimes part of this is like what is the staying power, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the fact that we're quoting these movies 30, 40 years later as part of vernacular, as part of language, you know, like, you know, like Josh, going back to to, to your pick for one crazy, one crazy summer. I mean, anytime anyone talks about being fat, I will then go, why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? Right. And it's immediately from one crazy summer and someone who knows that knows, and then they get it. Right. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> no, I used to beat him up. Um, but uh, yeah, no, and and a lot of that has you know, and Ferris Bueller has that saying the number of references that you can make to anybody, and this is us being old Gen Xers, but like anybody, you can make those references, and it's like you don't even need to explain it. It just is. It it just is connected. Yep. All right, Ron, you're next. All right, I'm next. I'm going to go with Three Amigos. Oh, I knew one of you was going to get that. Uh, sorry, Connor. I didn't mean to steal it from you. It was a good one. It was a good one. Possibly. So maybe you could visit his desert island and be yeah. like, hey, can we watch that? In the comedy pantheon. And it's ironic that we're enjoying that we enjoyed Only Murders in the Building so much with Steve yep. Martin and Martin Short because young Ron and nine year old Ron in 1986 renting Three Amigos and seeing Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase um, playing. Depression era movie stars turned cowboys, well, silent film stars, silent film stars yeah. turned cowboys to save a Mexican town. It is ridiculous. Uh, it was released in 1986, directed by John Landis. 103 minutes running time. So just written by <laughs> Steve Martin, Lord Michaels, and Randy Newman. Yep, of all people, it is so good. Yes, Three Amigos is just is just is so funny and. If anybody, anytime you see anything related to El Wapo, that's you get the reference that <laughs> infamous, you know, like there's just so many plethora, plethora. Yeah, that's the one that a lot of people remember. I, anytime, like I'll be outside in the backyard of my kids and a plane will fly by. I'm like, oh, it's a mail plane. <laughs> <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> Josh, you got two in a row now. Oh, okay. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. Good pick. I thought about that one. I didn't put it on, it's my, on list. my list. There's a bunch of them in here that I remember being excited about that they were coming out. Like I, yeah. you'd see the ad, and I was like, I have to see that. It's an it's early, of, it's an early connection to your uh, to you getting marketed to. Yeah, well, no, but <laughs> I think it's just that, like you know, when you're a kid, you're you know, also when you're you're looking for identity, you're looking for you know, like someone to speak to you in a way that you think is funny, that is different or newer and whatever. And it's funny because like the thing that I thought was funny about it was it was like these surfer dudes or whatever, but it was much more subversive than that, I guess. In yeah. a way. And it's terrific. It still ter- holds up. We rewatched we, we them all. We did a media split on this, actually. Yeah. yeah we yeah, reviewed yeah. it again. And it's it holds up incredibly well. So good. Released in 1989, 90 minutes. <laughs> also, also. Joan of Arc was played by Jane Weedlin of the Go-Go's. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the thing that I, I came away with, and I kind of, it was extremely positive. Yes. There's no villain. Yeah. There's no bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's just about like, like Bill and Ted aren't trying to get over on anybody. They, no. they just want to play music. And so they're trying to, and you know what? They do a really good job on their report. Yeah. And <laughs> Water, positive. Waterloo. I'll never forget when we my soccer Water team my, my, my soccer team played a tournament in Southern California in 1990 after this movie came out, and we went to the water park that they filmed Waterloo at, and then our heads were our minds were blown. You're like, this is the this is the water park from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh god, it was great. And you had your little Napoleon bathing suit on. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what's your third pick? Weird science. Oh, jerk. Weird Science was, at least at one point, that along with One Crazy Summer were like, favorite movie. Like yep. if you said, Josh, yep. what's your favorite movie? Daily, I will say, your stewed butt wad. <laughs> and then I often think, did you know he wears a bra on his head? It was so strange when all the bikers break into the house and that one weird looking guy who was in all the movies, the Energizer mm-hmm. guy, you know, and he's like, I, I don't tell anybody this. I wish it doesn't affect my, my teaching job. Just the 
oddest thing. And it was like, like deep, like nerds. They were like full yeah. on nerds. That was full Socially on Socially awkward, you know, not, not like in, 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 um, Revenge of the Nerds where they were like super stereotypical nerds. Like these I recognized as like, like freaks and geeks nerds. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. And, and you know, the, the concept was so stupid. Important to note, this is the second John Hughes film on this list now after yeah. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think I remember that was a John Hughes film. Yep. It was like the uh, 1985 was like one of the, fir- the, the first ones. Right? Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, which we know. That's a John Hughes movie. 94 minutes. Mm-hmm. Telling you, man. Tight. These movies are all tight. Tight, They need to cycle movies. people in and out of those movie theaters. They only showed four movies in one of them. <laughs> Ron, what's your next pick? My next pick, I think, just kind of shows you what kind of weird kid I was. I'm going to go Clue. I, Clue. I knew you were going to pick Clue. I loved Clue. Me and my sister loved Clue. We watch it so much. So for those who don't know, Clue came out in 1985, and it was a movie based on the board game. And you had uh, you had Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White, and Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum, and Michael McKean as Mr. Green, and Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. And... It was hysterical. And what was great is I remember going to the movie theater because at the movie theater they had a little they had pad and pencils with the names of the of the characters and the weapons in the rooms, like the game. And there were three different endings, and you didn't know what ending you got when you went to the theater. You were marketed to. Yes, totally. They said ending A, ending B, ending C. Yeah. And so we went multiple times to try to get all the endings, and then finally when they released it, they put all the endings on there. We just loved it. How do you His- do that on a videotape? They just show that they, at the end of the, like, they're like, back, back to back. yeah, they, they, they go that, that might've happened or could have happened like oh. this. And then, it, then they go back to, then they roll. Which is streaming right now. Yeah. Watch it. I think that's how I saw it. 97 minutes, by the way, just to note that. Has <laughs> anything cracked 90 minutes yet? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Whatever uh, you said was 110. But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. John, Tim Curry is the butler. Like it just like, it was my f- first introduction to Tim Curry just in general and all that. And like, there's, and like, it was funny as a kid. And then now watching as an adult, there are jokes that I didn't get as a kid, obviously. And that, that are just hysterical. And it's, it's very, very good. Clue. Big fan. Also featuring Jane Weedlin of the Go-Go's as the singing telegram girl. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Lee Ving. And Lee Ving, so yes. Lee Ving. And in an odd casting turn, Lee Ving of the Lee punk Ving. band Fear. <laughs> <laughs> and just, if you don't know. If you know who Lee Ving is, it's a problem. Right, okay, but if you. <laughs> it's problematic, let's just say. Okay, well. It, but the thing is, okay, say that you've seen Clue, right? And yeah. you're like, oh, right, that's Mr. Body. I want you to Google. Or, or go to YouTube and find the, and find fear in the decline of Western civilization. Exactly. And then you're going to look at that guy and go, wait, that's the s- – <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah. If you don't or, know. Josh, go back and Google fear on Saturday Night Live and you can hmm. see young Ian McKay and Brian Baker and everybody moshing around them because they brought up all the people from D.C. To, to watch them live. And then they were never invited to SNL ever again. So I'm going with my third pick, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, mm. very good. That was another one of those movies we owned that not only watched a hundred times, but we would, me and my mom and my brother would constantly just quote all the time. Yeah. I just re- recently rewatched it not too long ago and it's still very good. And Chevy Chase is up there with the, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. I mean, yeah. And the, I mean, that, that's, that's my, that, why I had three decade. amigos, right? He's cause classic chase. Like he was, uh, is Eddie so Murphy good. a G dat? I don't remember. We haven't talked about it in so long. He's gotta be. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. Yeah, I can't. I wouldn't argue that either. I think they both are. I think Chevy and uh, Chevy Dare is definitely. Is. So National Lampoon's Vacation was written by John Hughes, but directed by Harold Ramis. Ninety-eight minutes. 
This is turning into a John Hughes show. And I just want to say, looking at my list of remaining movies, this could continue. I Um, could have picked five John Hughes movies, no problem. Unfortunately, Jane Wheelan is not in this one. But Christy Brinkley is. Yes, she is, yep. Oh, the other day they were doing a vacation marathon. So they did vacation, European vacation, and then... Christmas vacation and then Vegas vacation, which I'd never actually seen Vegas vacation. So I watched. I saw. Was that so any good? Saw, or? No, that's not good. No. Do you know when I saw Vegas vacation? When they re-released Empire Strikes Back when we were in college. Uh, after that was over, I was like, "Let's just go see this." So we went into that theater and watched Vegas vacation, and even free, it wasn't good. Yeah, it's not good. And European vacation is also not really. That's good. the nineties, though. Yeah. That, that you couldn't even. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying it's not. It's just, it's just, it's a weird movie. The poster for National Lampoon's Vacation was done by Boris Vallejo. Yeah, of comics yeah. Fa- fame. So, all right, my fourth pick, fifth pick. This is your last pick. No, oh, no, fourth. fourth. Pick. You're right. Yeah, fourth. you're right. Yeah. Before we do the final picks, we'll recap everyone's choices. Right. Is I think you guys are going to reject this one. I hope so. When we Harry met Sally. <sighs> Challenge. Yeah, what the heck? Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's all on you. Nora Ephron. Con- uh, Ron, before you make the decision, check the runtime. Let's, let's do that. Yeah, we should check that. We should, <laughs> I think we should that's do that. Yeah, it's definitely a comedy. It's, in the, it's a romantic comedy. It it's in the title, but it's it might be too much of a classic. I mean, 96 list. minutes. Oh, ooh. So it's it's tight. It's in there. No Jane Weedlin. But it does have Bruno Kirby. I got to say, it's an excellent script. It's an excellent movie. It's almost too good. It's, it might be the best movie on the list. I'm going to reject it as well because I feel like where, where Ferris Bueller was teetering on the edge, this pushes it over because from my personal perspective, I wasn't watching this in 1989 when it came my out. My mom was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Let's I'm hear the gonna... sound effect. Let's hear the sound effect, sir. I forget which sound effects is supposed the to be. The one that hasn't been used yet. The last one to go. No, the other one. No. no. He was supposed to use the music. The music. No, that was when that was supposed to happen when the challenge happened. Oh, I see. Don't rename any of the things because the thing stopped working. It's a whole problem. <laughs> All right, do it back. I'm, I'm going to go with Connor. Better Off Dead then. Better Off Dead. All right. <sighs> okay. I loved One Crazy Summer, but Better Off Dead was my Savage Steve film. Yeah. That was the one we watched all the time. That was the one we quote all the time. I can't hear the word $2 without hearing it. Uh, you know, the the street value of this mountain, all these, all the oh, things. so good. Go, go that way. Turn left. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you go that way. Go very, very fast. fast. If something gets in your way, pause. Turn. 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 Inspiring words from a man who knows how to ski. Yeah. Why were two Japanese men? They were Japanese. They weren't yeah, Japanese they were, Americans. Uh, they were Japanese men. They were learning English in, from Howard Cosell. Dre- dressed in ABC sports sports jackets <laughs> in a hatchback with speakers on top, while one of them spoke exactly like Howard Cosell, narrating things that happened. Uh, that's how they learned English. Road. That's what they said. Some friends of mine in high school and college had a band called Charles Demar. <laughs> which, I, which I always thought was a great band name. That was fantastic. 97 minutes uh, runtime. Doesn't feel it. The theatrical poster was done by Drew Struzan. Yeah. Also of comics fame. <laughs> so. It's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy. Yep. 
I like how it says Lane also regularly encounters two Korean drag racers who speak in Japanese. One, oh, who, my. one who wait, so they're Korean, they're Korean. But they speak but, so they, I wasn't wrong about what they were speaking. Right? No, they were talking, okay. but they were Korean speaking Japanese. One who learned to speak English by listening to Howard Cosell. Oh, that's so good. Federer of Dennis. France so dressing. All right, French bread and to drink Peru. Ron's fourth pick. <laughs> Early in the 80s, 1980, Ooh. it set the tone for this style of film. Me and my sister watched it endlessly on VHS. I'm going to give it to Airplane. I was going to guess that. <laughs> yep. Oh, fair. Oh, my God. Airplane. I feel like in my mind, it's a 70s movie. It came mm-hmm. out in 1980. I, I get it, it but, yep. but it's yep. just... Airplane starts the decade and Naked Gun ends the decade. It's like it's like it's it's like seventies smart. We haven't. It is seventies smart. Yeah, but but it, but they did Airplane two, then they did Top Secret, which almost made my list. Top Secret is going to be like six yes. or seven. Top Secret is so good, right? The and the the Zucker brothers, and eventually Naked Gun is really where they blew blew up and stuff like that. And you're right, it is kind of seventies humor, but it did come out in 1980. 87 minutes, Woo. which whew, tight. Also, I know we haven't gotten into box office as much, but the movie cost three point five million and it made one hundred and seventy one yeah, million. And to this day, whenever I'm in a rough spot at work, I go, oh, I picked the wrong week, <laughs> week <laughs> to stop sniffing glue. And Lloyd, it is all about Lloyd Bridges and Steve McCroskey in this film. I, I, <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. Oh, is it too much of a classic, Josh? I got to say oh. that. Josh, no, it's too much no, of a classic. No, no, I don't know. Okay. I'm not challenging that. It's a, it's. Right. I mean, it, like you're gonna say that's not a com. Like, like it's hard to. Yeah. That is. I'm the, not saying exact- it's not a comedy. But it's, no, it's too much of a classic. What were my parents doing? Letting me watch this. Oh, this this, this is a question. Can not be- having to parent you for 97 minutes. <laughs> true. Yeah. 87 uh, minutes. 87 uh, minutes. <laughs> I, I think uh, there's not a lot of movies today that could get away with pedophile jokes. Oh my God. Any of it. All the, I drive my wife crazy. All the, there's a problem in the cockpit. What is it? It's the little room where the pilots fly the plane, but that's not the point. <laughs> Look, I do that joke I mean, all the time. Do you we like these people gladiator? to the hospital? What is it? It's a big building with sick people, but that's not the point. <laughs> like, like you like gladiator movies, Billy. I, it's so fucking funny. It's and so, it's so funny. wrong. Yeah. Do you speak jive? Yeah. Holy shit. Well, the whole thing with Kareem <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar, right? That whole, yeah. that whole scene. But also like- I'm the co-pilot. But what I do like- about, what Roger. I, Roger. Roger, Roger. What I do like about the movie though is that that it is broken up into three acts really, like so cleanly and plainly in that like it's the pre-plane takeoff, then the plane takes off, then the thing happens, and then it switches to the tower where they're going to land. And then all of a sudden you get introduced to a whole new cast in the last third of the movie, including Johnny with Johnny. What do you make of this? Oh, I can make a brooch or yeah, like, like, and, and like out of like two thirds into the movie, like you, we don't see Lloyd Bridges until the end of the movie and he's, and he steals the show. Like, Oh, it's so good. Josh, your fourth pick. Don't make your fifth. till we do the recap. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Beetlejuice. Flag, flag. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I mean, so according to. That was great. That was the wrong clip. That was the wrong clip. That was correct. Little, very uh, uh, mellow flag. So, according to Wikipedia, Beetlejuice is a 1988 American fantasy horror comedy film. I think it's more of a horror than a comedy. I do too. I, 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 
Uh, I will I will note though that it's ninety two minutes. Oh. <laughs> I, I think anything over 90 is like a like a check against at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, there's so many funny things in it. Sorry. Sure, I mean, I mean Michael Phil's Cotton is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, but it's an action movie first. So wait a minute. And, so I'm sorry. So Connor, do you, I, flag, I flagged it. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. All right. Okay. Hit the buzzer. Well, another one. It's, it's, if, if there's a delay. <laughs> okay. Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Whoa, the second one. It's That's a good the one, one I saw in the theater. It's a good one. Yeah. You know, it had everything that one would want from an 80s comedy. It was bawdy. It was silly. It had every possible stereotype. What was the premise of that one? They were Now they were on the streets. It's the first, it's yeah, the first yeah, assignment. They, they had yeah. graduated, and then they, but they had like auxiliary, like other training guys. I think they had like a blue, like they were like probationary kind of cops, I think, out there. Hmm. <laughs> it's the first one I saw. What year was this? Uh, this is 1985, Connor. March 85. 29th, 85. So I saw that when I was eight in the theater. Yeah. Boobs right in the beginning. Lady on the beach sits up. Um, <laughs> okay. You know what's interesting, though, is that I actually watched through a couple of these relatively recently. And what I sort of found was is that the the protagonists, your Gutenbergs and your, and your um, Michael Winslow, they were kind of on the right side of – there were a lot of like – ethnic stereotypes and things like that, but they were on the right side of where you would want them to be. So, so like the joke isn't that they sent the jerky cops to the gay bar, the blue oyster, which is the music I can hear, (laughs) but it was that it made those guys uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't making fun of the dudes in that bar. Right, it yeah, was that right. Those insecure guys were in there and didn't want to be there because they were homophobic and awful. The gay guys were just in there dancing and having a good time. Yep. I had no idea that there were actually dudes like that and they were into it. And it's totally cool. Yeah. At the time, I thought Michael Winslow was the single greatest I thing could, I could see ever. That. I could see that. I could see I that. I was so... You know, and I would try to do it almost terrible or whatever, but he fascinated me. You know, Gutenberg is like, he was, you know, like, he's like um Mark Harmon in summer school. He's just, yep. you know. He's a straight man. The rap scout. No, but he's like, he's kind of a, he's a rap scallion. Right, but he's still the straight man to the really crazy people around him. He is, but at the same time. He's like, the Bill Murray. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that was the, that's sort of the template. And, you know, it's funny because I just remember my whole childhood. I almost chose Citizens on Patrol. Uh, which is uh, number Cop. four because it had all the skaters in it. So that came out when we were ten. Mm-hmm. So we had a, we had a movie theater like three blocks from our house. So we went, went to the movies all the time, and we must have gotten the time wrong. So we walked into the theater and it was already playing. So we thought, oh, we just missed the first couple of minutes. So we sat down to watch it. It was me and my mom, and my brother, who my brother was probably seven, and the movie ended within thirty minutes. Now that's a runtime. It was playing on multiple screens. We'd gone into the wrong screen. So then we had, we just sat there through the cleaning of the theater and then rewatched until we part. We walked in and we left it. Nice. So we saw it. Well done. The last. 30 minutes first, and then the first hour second. I do want to comment that the theatrical poster was also done by Drew Struzan. Hey there. And it, this has a Police Academy 2, the first assignment, has a runtime of 87 minutes. There you go. Ugh. And let's not forget, and I can't remember his real name, but he was Henry Warnemont from Hunky Brewster as the Commandant, who would, every time he would say something, he would say, it was very, 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 <laughs> very good, which I still think is hilarious. All right, so before we get to our final picks, there's a rundown of the picks so far. Ron's movies are Summer School, Three Amigos, Clue, and Airplane, two films with exclamation points in the title. You got to love the punctuation. 
Josh's four films up to now are One Crazy Summer, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Weird Science, Police Academy 2, their first assignment. And my first four films are Trading Places, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Better Off Dead. So now here are the final picks. Can I quickly add, while you're doing this, can I add yes. up the, uh, the box office for all of them and add them up to see who wins? I mean, you can. I think you should put the box office and the runtime. I have Bobcat Goldthwait in two of mine. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right, Josh, your final pick. It's tough. It's tough because it's the last one. There's so many choices. It's tough. I think. I think I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna chance it. I'm gonna say this is Spinal Tap. I eliminated that from my list, like I said, because I. I discovered that when I was much, much older. I never watched it in the summers. In the in the in. I discovered it earlier, and the and the older I get, and the more that I. It's certainly a film you quote all the time. Not you, but I mean people. Yeah, we do. know me. Uh, it, like, uh, like it just got better every time. And then you see that. I mean, it's it's the um, what's it called? Fern something tonight. Fernwood tonight. Fernwood tonight. You know, like that comedy style, which came out of the. Ron, uh, did airplane make one hundred and seventy-one million dollars? Yes, it did. Didn't you hear me say that when I said it earlier? I wasn't. I, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That straight deadpan comedy stuff, but the whole thing is a comedy. Every single thing that happens is funny. I mean, Christopher Guest, I think, is one of like an underrated comic genius. And the chemistry between him and McKean and Shear are just like the way they play off one another as those three characters is just legend. It's so good. I didn't even understand any of the jokes. Like I just keep get them more and more and more as time goes on. Like it kept getting funnier. You know, it did, like at first it didn't matter what Nigel was saying because he's you know you get a little chapeau shop. Oh, that looks good. That does like I thought that was funny. But later, you know, like Jazz Odyssey gets really funny, or Boston's not a good college town. But you could laugh before like they got lost backstage. Like there's so many things. Yep. You know, oh I mean it's 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 great. It made four dollars and seventy cents. I would like to note, yeah, Connor's messed with the spreadsheet while I was working on it. I would like to note that it is a runtime of eighty-two minutes. Which it definitely feels much longer than 82 minutes. It does. And not in a bad way. Just like you get your money. I still say, especially at work, to underlings beneath me, I say, hey, mime is money. (laughs) And Uh, then you put the window up. Ron, your last pick. Well, I'm trying to decide now if I, because I've got. played the mime. You know who might play the mime? Dana Carvey and and Billy Crystal. I'm trying to decide if if I pick one that I think I could steal from you, Connor, but I don't want to play that game. So I'm going to go with. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. <laughs> That's not a comedy <laughs> challenge, but it does have Jane Weedland in it. <laughs> I, 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 not only do I challenge it, I think that we should kick him off. I think he's disqualified. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you trapdoored him. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> no, my real last pick, though. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to bet whether or not I steal it from you. I'm going to let you have it. Although if you don't use it, I feel, I'm, I'm going to feel bad. There's lots of choices. You're, you mean that? All right, way. then I'm going to go. My gut. I'm going to go. With my gut. Whether it steals it from you or not. Uh, Real genius. Did I steal it from you? You didn't necessarily. See. It was. It's on my list of multiple movies. Okay. I haven't figured it out. So yet. So I'm going to go. Real genius. Val Kilmer vehicle from 1985. It does break our format here because runtime of 106 minutes. Whoa. So a little longer than an hour and a half, but not two hours, thankfully. Jesus. Real Genius was, we, oh God, we rented this so much and watched it all the time. And it was just like so, and it was funny because like you had science, going back to your pick, Josh, but Weird Science, there was this year of nerdy science comedy movies 
Um, yep. And for whatever reason, Which is I, no way based in science. For for whatever reason, I aligned with Real Genius more than I did Weird Science. That's the one mm-hmm. I, I I kind of related to more. Um, I don't know if it was Laszlo or what. Uh, God, this movie is just so funny and so good. It's just so good. It's interesting that we're having this conversation because I'm looking at our list. In the last two months, I've watched Summer School. I've watched Real Genius. I've watched Airplane. I've watched Vacation. I've watched at least four of these movies in the last two months. I'd like to also point out that Ron keeps saying we rented this so many times. And you might be thinking at home, if you're younger, why didn't you just buy it? And there's a very good reason for that. Because they were very expensive. In the old days, if you wanted to buy a VHS, it was priced prohibitively to protect the The monopoly. Basically, like you couldn't buy it. You had it was like to 80, either, not, 80 bucks or 90 bucks. Was, for they were, a, qu- they were quite often 99.99. I remember because I, want, I wanted and, and to that's buy it. That's two in, bucks in, to rent it. That's in mid 80s money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very expensive. Yeah. Although the, at some point, they must not been because we, we certainly bought some, not a ton, but we had some we bought. It, I mean, we it, must it have crossed over the 90s. It went, once the mall stores that sold VHS tapes really broke through, like 93, 94, when, you, when the prices dropped. But all through the 80s, you could not buy a VHS tape. It was too expensive. I think it was like a special occasion gift, like birthday or Christmas. Be like, oh, here's, you got Beverly Hills Cop. Look who's living the life. Jeez. In your Manhattan apartment getting VHS movies. But also, I think people understand the culture of the video store, the Friday night trip to oh, the video yeah. store. Oh, my God. It was, it was the best. It was just the best. I had video connection down the street from me, which was independent one that we'd go to all the time. Friday night or Saturday night, would, you know, you would, you, me and my friends would go to the video store and you'd walk the aisles and you'd look and to yep. see and everything like that. And when my video store closed and it was like, I, I want to say the video store I went to, I don't remember what year it closed. It, had to, it was the 90s. It was definitely like late 90s. So I'm like when Blockbuster put them out of business, they sold all the VHS tapes. And I went in and bought one VHS tape that I rented there so much that I needed to own it. Can you guys guess what movie? Rad. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's how little time I had to think about. I, I was thinking and I went, I have it. Yep. It was beautiful. That's nice work. Yep. And I still have it. I, I still the have thing it. is that my, my abiding memory of video stores is that I go with my mom and her and I have never liked the same thing ever. So it was always frustrating. Right. Well, how many did you rent? Usually it was like one for me, one for you. I don't know. We were poor. Probably one. We were probably trying to find something we could watch, but we didn't ever like the same things. Also, fun fact, my wife worked at that video store in, oh, in high school. We weren't married at the time, but it was still, you know. <laughs> One day I returned a tape and get back to my house again. It was just on the block, so I could be there within 30 sure, seconds. Yeah, and, yeah. and I get a phone call as soon as I walk in the door and it's the video store. And the guy's like, uh, do you own Let's Go Mets? <laughs> you told me this and story. I, <laughs> and I had, I had, you know, because you, you could constantly put movies in and out of the VHS yeah, tape. Yeah. So they're all just sitting, sitting there. And I put, I picked up the wrong tape and put it into the box to return it. So I'd given him my Mets highlight tape. Just so everyone's clear, everyone who lived in the New York metro area had a copy of Let's Go Mets from 1986. I had that video. Like, we all had it. It was great. I think they gave it away at games in 87. Yeah. All right, Connor's final. All right, so my last pick is tough because I'm looking through my list and I'm not, I don't see any representation of Bill Murray. I don't see any Michael Keaton. It's tough. I don't see any Tom Hanks. I thought about Mr. Rom. I did. Yeah. It's tough. I could also easily go Mel Brooks here. I thought about History of the World. That was one we watched a lot as kids in the summers. I assume that Princess Bride will get bounced off the list. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. If, when Harry Met Sally gets bounced. Yeah, I got to bounce that. I'm sorry. It's also a fuzzy genre. Right. It's, it's like fantasy. Pure comedy. Yeah. 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 
And I'm assuming we're going to say Big's not a pure comedy. No, nah, there's a lesson. That's no, a drama. Yeah, it's a drama, yeah. Which, by the way, my my sister just watched that with my 20-year-old niece who's never seen it before. Fuck off. Sorry. And she was just like, old. she was like, it was really inappropriate. I mean, like, he, he's uh, that woman, that that woman is like a businesswoman. She's taking advantage of him. I'm like, well, she didn't know. It's like, that's why it's yeah, funny. Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Not like an airport or airplane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with. <laughs> this is tough. I have several films. It could be Uncle Buck. It could be Spies Like Us. It could be Mr. Mom. It's Hume and <laughs> Millbarge. But I've that already got a Ackroyd Landis comedy on there. You get this is the, you can't. You gotta just you gotta you go, go your, your gut, gut, man. Go your gut. I what what made eleven year old Connor laugh like a motherfucker? I went with my gut. Well, all, all these movies did. But what you got left? Dude, I your, think I'm gonna have to go Spaceballs. Good call. I was talking about this whole podcast with my sister earlier because I was like, what movies yeah. did we watch as kids and all this sort of stuff? And she said Spaceballs, and I texted right back to her, I'm a prince. And then she <laughs> sent me back a laughing emoji. I mean, I still – pizza's going to send out for you, like merchandising is to where the real money in the movie's made. Like all of that stuff is is burned in my brain. For some reason, when John Candy, they said, what's your full name? And he said, Bartholomew. I thought that was the funniest shit. I have no idea why. I don't yeah. know. 96 minutes, Ron. Yeah. Uh, you're beating me to you. You're stealing my thunder. So though, no one's going with Ice Pirates, huh? All right, fine. No. <laughs> no. Space Herpes. Ludicrous Speed. Another one is like, well, that was then, then. This is now. Well, when is now? That's well, that was fun. then. Like, that stuff is still all stuff I say all the time. That's got to be Spaceballs. It's got to be Mel Brooks, too, because that just obviously it wasn't an 80s movie. We watched Blazing Saddles all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I just watched recently. All right. So there you go. I'm going to, I'm going to, hang on. I'm going to ask one thing. One alternate? I was going to say, does anybody have, does anybody want to change one out or get an alternate? Well, alternate would be a, we we have to pick all pick an alternate. I'm, I'm happy with my list. I'm happy with my list. I mean, I can give I can give my 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 give an alternate my next one, not an alternate, but the the next one. Okay. Yeah, inner space. Good one. Oh, Martin Short again. I love it, Martin, Martin Short, Short. But I gotta challenge like that. That's more of an action. Yeah, I feel like it's sci-fi, sci-fi movie. action. Yeah. Wow. Really? It was certainly marketed that sci- way. Yeah. Wikipedia says sci- science fiction comedy. Yeah. All right. Fine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Then my other backup was uh, Little Shop of Horrors. That musical, musical, com- well, musical oh, comedy doesn't necessarily knock it off. I didn't though. like it. <laughs> well, that's not the choice. It's question. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. I love so that I don't really know. Yeah, you're like a Steve Martin. I love Steve Stan. Martin. Hey, Steve dude. Martin's the best. Yep. All right, so what's your backup, Josh, or alternate? <sighs> now I'm conflicted about it because it's quite rapey. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, oh uh, uh, nerds. Revenge of the Nerds was... I, Revenge of the Nerds I thought about for a moment because it is funny. It's very funny. And again, other than the rapiness, what we consider to be clear sexual assault now. Right. I mean, uh, clearly. Which is tough to get by. Right. But in terms of the, like, just being so funny. Oh, it's very funny. I mean, just booger alone. Yep. Again, many racial stereotypes what the fuck is a frush? I mean, I I loved it. And obviously, the lot of nudity. <laughs> Connor, what's your alternate? Uh, you've already picked that one. Back to school. It's a good one. Hmm. That's straight up comedy. Love that Very one. Very good. 
Ronnie Dangerfield, Robert Downey Jr., M.M. Walsh. Also, Johnny. Johnny from Credit Kid. Yeah. Playing one of his signature 80s assholes. Yeah. Billy Zapka. My deep cut pick was going to be Monster Squad. That's not a... Wolfman's got nards. So in terms of the competition, for box office, Connor wins with $300 million total at the box office. Unsurprising. Mainly buoyed by... The Powerhouse of Trading Places, which made $120 million, and Ferris Bueller's made $71 million. Those top three made a lot. In second place is me with $274 million, purely on the shoulders of airplanes, $171 million. Mm-hmm. And Josh, you got $212 million at the box office, with Police Academy 2 being the highest, highest grossing film at $115 million. And as far as runtime goes, we're all in agreement that 90 minutes is the – like that's the oh. sweet spot, right? So wow. the average runtime winner is Josh with 88.4 minutes. There you go. Followed by me with 98.2 minutes. And then Connor with an average runtime of 102 minutes. You could almost watch these during a lunch hour. Yes. Oh, 100%. Sure. 100%. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. It's like that. Like Spinal Tap is 82 minutes. Police Academy is 87 I, I, minutes. I, <laughs> I can't believe that. And they even put jokes in through the credits. So that's a win. Yeah. Oh. Is a surprise to anyone that the movies that I picked were apparently the things that audiences liked the least. No, it's not a surprise. <laughs> uh, another pick. You, you had two, you had you had a bona fide box office smash, and you had two solid grocers. You had two decent grocers. I solid, can't believe solid. Police Academy did 115 million in 80. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> That's 88 dollars. Yeah. 85. 85 dollars. Yeah. I'm not adjusting for inflation. I'm going to do it just no. to see because I'm curious. Right, here we go. How do we got to do the year and then, oh, man. Like, like Police Academy 2, it did better than any movie Let's see, um, in five years. What's 115 if, million. Oh, Are you using usinflationcalculator.com? I'm using the West Egg one. I like that if one. It's in 1980. Uh, then in 2030. These two guys have go-to inflation calculators. Yeah. You got to have it. Oh. Airplane in $1980 adjusted for inflation for 2023, $171 million in $1980 is $634 million in 2023 dollars. <laughs> that's more than Oppenheimer. <laughs> no, Oppenheimer's at $700. Okay. That's still pretty, pretty amazing. <laughs> is that all time? No, it's just a box office run. Right. It's just the box. O- okay. Yeah. So when it was in the theater, yeah. which was yeah. more or less within the calendar. Right. It's not year. counting the, okay. you know, the. Ancillary. But think about that's a Stone Cold classic. Yeah. Police Academy 2, $320 million in today's money. Can you imagine a comedy doing that? That's insane. A sequel comedy. A sequel comedy. It's insane. And it's like, Hangover also, two. how many of these are R-rated versus PG, by the way, too? That's a good question. A lot of them are PG and shouldn't have been. Yeah. Well, Several are R. Well, because like, like, there was that, there was, apparently there was this, like, this year there was a R-rated comedy with Jennifer Lawrence that came yeah. out, right? That, that yeah. like, as far as I can tell, okay. did nothing. Okay. Well, I think the difference was is that back then, kids got to see them. What is it called? It's because people don't go to the theater. What was that movie called again? Anymore. What was that one called? The one that just came out? Yeah. It's not in the top 25 of this year. Yeah. No, it's not. It, it did okay, but it didn't do that great. Yeah. It's called uh, No Hard Feelings. Right. Because comedies just don't do anything anymore. They don't play. Yeah. It made $86 million. It's just not terrible. Yeah. In my mind, I mean, I know there have been funny movies and people like the last great comedy that I saw in a theater was Role Models in two thousand eight. Yeah, like when I say great, like it, we, we like it that was movie really, really resonated really with you. you. Keep bringing that up. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like I didn't like The Hangover. I didn't, you know. There's funny stuff after that. Game Night was great. 
It's just that 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 was the one genre that the streamers were successful in converting people on their heads, which is so strange to me because part of the fun of seeing a comedy is Mm. laughing with other people in the theater. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like movies are much funnier when there's a hundred people laughing around you than you're just you're by yourself chuckling on your couch. Here's the difference: if it's edgy, now people maybe don't feel as comfortable laughing in public. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. See, also this it's is just this is the problem. This, this is the problem with I just I was just looking for like recent comedies and uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a list of the fifty best comedies of the twenty tens and like number two is Francis Ha. What is that? That's the Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach directed. It's an indie movie. Is that this is greatest? And also, like according to rating, Blue Jasmine is is on the. Oh wait, I'm sorry, it's a reverse list. This is from fifty down. That, that's not the top. The, the very. It's not a comedy, movie. right? But that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't. According to Rotten Tomatoes, the number one comedy of the 2010s was Booksmart. That was very funny. It was very funny. Yeah, it was, was yeah. but niche. Well, yeah, but it's still funny. I would, so well, I know, but like, I don't know. Do you think that uh, somebody who is no more, more, no more or less issues than, than the Michael Sarah. Here, here, here you go. Here you go. The number eight comedy of the 2010s is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. What? <laughs> well, right. But but say that you're 14 and you see Booksmart in the theater. Are you quoting that 40 years later? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Really? It might resonate with 14 year olds. I don't know. I, I feel like not, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The comedy thing is weird because it kind of went away in the 90s and then had the American Pie resurgence. Yeah. Right, and then and you then you had a nice run in the early two two thousand old school, yeah, old school dodgeball, like all those movies, right? Version, yeah, that. and then it just something changed. I, don't know. I think it went long tail theory. I think that they used to make comedies for really big audiences, and there was a way to do that, and it wasn't to make them smart necessarily. It was to make them you know, body and big set pieces. You know, like like yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I, what I, I mean, look, we all have our theories. I think it's that. People only go to the theaters now for events, and comedies aren't events. They're, they're yeah. smaller movies that people say, oh, I don't need to see that in the theater. I can see it at home. But it's, you make it's a good not point an Avengers movie. Because The Hangover yeah. was considered an event. I mean, that was- but That was every- way before it's streaming. So that was no, I know that, but I'm just saying. But like, I remember that being an event movie, right? Like That was a, like everyone's like, you got to go see this. But like, do you remember we all went and saw Borat together mm-hmm. in a theater, yeah. yep. which was a Queen's experience. But like everybody laughed together. Like, I, I can't help but think that going to see something in a setting like that, and Connor says this a lot about the experience of seeing things together, and I, I don't always agree with it, but in the terms of comedy, I think that that makes you laugh more. It gives you it yeah. gives you a better experience. Something you might chuckle at at home on the couch is something you'll laugh your head off if everyone around you is laughing your head off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the the group experience of watching a comedy is like that. You, You're like going yeah. to see stand-up in a crowd as opposed to – right. Yeah. Now, someone might say, does that mean the movie is as funny as... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the experience that you're mm-hmm. having. And that laugh will stick with you. Because whatever it is that you saw in the theater that made you laugh that much then is going to make you laugh that much as you go on through time, whether or not you saw it at home or there, like if it makes it better. There's an article in Time Out from last week that's the 100 best comedy movies, the funniest films of all time. And number one is This is Spinal Tap. Number two is Airplane. All right. Number three is Monty Python's Life of Brian. They imagine we have these armadillos in our trousers. Number four is <laughs> Annie Hall. Number five, Groundhog Day. Number six, The Jerk. Oh, The Jerk is so good. I love Steve Martin. We have to do 90s, 90s ones sometime. We'll do 90s ones next. All right. All right we have we to go. wrap the show up. It's yes, we do. 50% longer than a normal show. All right. So there's our 80s movie draft. <laughs> only, only 50% longer, Josh. Wait, what's the runtime? 
<laughs> we got to nail this at 90 oh, people. Yeah. Can, we, can we come in at a solid 92? <laughs> well, actually, we, we fucked around so much in the beginning, we're probably actually way under. <laughs> so recapping it, Ron's picks are Summer School, Three Amigos, Clue, Airplane, Real Genius. His alternate is Little Shop of Horrors. Josh's is One Crazy Summer, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Weird Science, Police Academy 2, their first assignment. This is Spinal Tap, alternate is Revenge of the Nerds. And mine is Trading Places, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, National Open's Vacation, Better Off Dead, Spaceballs, alternate is Back to School. I would like to note that Connor changed the font of the spreadsheet to something with uh, serifs, and I just changed it back to one with sans serif. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I I was noticing it like getting formatted left and right for no fucking reason, because nobody's ever going to look at this again. That's not but, true. In the past, we've we've taken screenshots of the yeah we've the yeah, share yeah we, with can the show this. we can people. show this to the people. Okay. Like, sure. Do you want to see? Do you want to? If you want a uh, insight into the madness, <laughs> so there you go. So that's our episode. We'll be back next month with another episode of Media Explode. Until then, though, you can always hear Josh and I talk about the week's comics and the pick of the week show. You can hear Ron on his new show. When is that air, Ron? It comes out every Tuesday night. It's called Android Faithful. You can go to androidfaithful.com. And sub- please subscribe. Tell your friends if you're into Android phones. It's the best show on the internet. And th- we'll be back next time. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Here I go again on my own. Going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter. I'm Josh. I was, I was trying, I was trying to, think to think of an airplane joke to do. It the and I entire yeah. time, and I was like, ah, Emmett Fitzhume. Damn it, that's what I should have said. Molly Russell's wart. Trading Places is number 16 on this list. Oh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That was on my, that was on my short list. Uh, I thought that was too much of an adult. That shit's yeah. funny. It's a great comedy. I just don't know if, it's, if it was too much of a <sighs> non-comedy yeah. No, there's so many gags. It's so ridiculous. It's probably a pure comedy. I could have chosen that one. It's comedy, but it, like at the at the end, they they stick a button on it as being emotional. But bridesmaids was a big hit. That was yeah, funny. Huge, I saw that in the theater. Hit. That was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Blazing Saddles. That's the 70s, though. I know. Yeah. Well, just look at this. This is an all time list. This is just yeah. yeah. <laughs>